What is up everyone, it's Quinn here, and in today's video, I'm gonna be diving into my updated fantasy football tight end rankings. So running through my top 20 tight ends today, also gonna be splitting these players up into tiers. And I do think this is gonna be a, a double upload day. I'm gonna be putting out my top 60 overall rankings also uh, later on in the day. So you know, if you also are interested in that, go check that one out. As always, I wanna know how you guys are feeling about these rankings. Who do you think is too high? Who do you think is too low? you know, how are we feeling overall. If you guys do enjoy the video, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And let's just jump right into it. So we're going to start off in tier one. This is just going to be uh, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. I think like in reality, we could split these players into two different tiers, but I didn't want a bunch of like one man tiers at the tight end position. I think these guys are pretty consensus tight end one, tight end two. I don't think I've been in a single draft where I've seen someone pick Travis Kelsey over Mark Andrews. You know, maybe someone has a hot take out there that Mark Andrews finishes ahead of Travis Kelsey. I do think that's a possibility, but obviously if I had to put my money down on one guy to be the tight end one, it would definitely be Travis Kelsey. Um, and then we've got Mark Andrews, who I do think should be locked in as the tight end two. He's already flashed a very high ceiling at the position, averaged 17.7 points per game in 2021. And now he's going to be playing in a more pass heavy offense. So I do think he carries some pretty serious upside this season. Now, moving into tier two, this is actually just going to be a one man tier. And this is one of the changes I made from my uh, last set of tight end rankings. Tier two is just going to have TJ Hawkinson. I think the last video I did, this was Hawkinson and Kittle. Kittle has been bumped a little bit. So this is just going to be a TJ Hawkinson tier. After he was traded to the Vikings, in his healthy games, he averaged 9.4 targets and 14.1 points per game. That type of volume at the tight end position is very, very impressive. And if he repeats that volume, like a 15 plus point per game season is definitely in his range of outcomes. And that's the type of upside we should be shooting for at the tight end position, especially if you're going to be taking a guy in the first, you know, four or five rounds. Um, and also the Vikings just haven't made many significant moves that would really affect TJ Hawkinson's role. Like he could definitely regress in the target department, but it's not going to be because they brought in all these new weapons who are, you know, going to take all the targets away. You know, you swap Thielen for Addison, you get rid of Dalvin Cook, not much else has really gone on there with that offense. Now moving into tier three, we're going to have a four-man tier. It's going to be Darren Waller, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, and Dallas Goddard. So I did move Darren Waller ahead of George Kittle. Um, this was kind of a combination of me just getting higher and higher on Waller, and then also me just like souring on George Kittle just a little bit. Um, and just to kind of give you guys my general kind of strategy when I'm picking these mid-round tight ends, if I'm going to be drafting a running back in the middle areas like round five, six, seven, I'm going to be shooting for ceiling. I don't want a guy that I'm drafting as my tight end six to finish as the tight end six. Obviously, if they do, you know, whatever, it's fine. But we want those high ceiling options because after the first three, four tight ends in pretty much every season, the rest of the dudes are just super clumped together. And those guys really aren't going to be winning you your fantasy leagues. So I think Darren Waller definitely has that potential ceiling. He delivered a 17.2 point per game season in 2020. Um, unfortunately, he struggled to stay healthy over the past two seasons, but he has a fresh start here with the Giants in 2023. I think he has a legit shot to be their number one pass catcher. And I'm uh, honestly going to be willing to take a swing on him as early as round five, you're gonna see he does kind of make it in right at the end of my uh, top 60 player rankings. 
Then we've got George Kittle, and like I said, he's definitely taken a little bit of a hit in my rankings, and this is definitely not a talent issue. It is a situation issue for me. So we saw CMC debut with the 49ers in week seven. He barely played that game, so I didn't include this in the sample. But from week eight on, there were six regular season games where CMC, Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk were all healthy. In those six games, George Kittle averaged 10.5 PPR points per game, and that's including two different two-touchdown games. So he kind of hit in the touchdown department over that stretch and still barely averaged 10 points per game. Also in those six games, he averaged only 4.3 targets per game and 35 receiving yards per game. I just think in this offense, it's going to be very difficult for the trio of Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle to really flash their ceilings if they all stay healthy. Now, I still have Kittle as my tight end five because we know he's super talented and injuries could happen, right? Debo goes down, Kittle probably steps it up. But I just don't like the idea of banking on an injury when you're drafting someone. I mean, Kittle goes like round four, round five. If I have to bank on an injury for someone going in that range, it's probably a player I just want to stay you know, away from in my fantasy drafts. So I think he can break out if there are some injuries on this offense but I just don't love his shot of delivering you a ceiling if all these guys on the Niners stay healthy or even like relatively healthy. Just not a huge fan of Kittle at this point. Then we have um, Kyle Pitts and Dallas Goddard to wrap up this tier. I think in general, people are not gonna like Kyle Pitts over Dallas Goddard. It just kind of comes down to my philosophy with these middle round tight ends, shooting for ceiling. I think if you know we were putting odds on it, I'd say Dallas Goddard probably has the better chance of finishing as like the tight end six in points per game, just straight up living up to where he's being drafted. But I just don't think Dallas Goddard is the guy who's going to win you your championship. I think you're probably passing on a potential, you know, high upside wide receiver or maybe even a running back where you're actually going to draft Dallas Goddard. And I feel like you're kind of just drafting like, you know, a mid-tier option who's just going to keep you right in the middle of the pack. Um, compared to Kyle Pitts, who is an insanely talented tight end, he's commanded targets at a very high level. Like I would rather buy him this year in round six because if he booms in this 2023 season, like good luck getting him before round three for pretty much like the rest of his career. If he hits this season, he's going to be crazy expensive, you know, for a long, long time. Now shifting into tier four, going to be a three-man tier with a slight change. So we've got Evan Ingram, David Njoku, and Pat Fryermuth. I think I swapped Ingram and Njoku from my uh, last video, but every guy in this tier kind of brings a little something different to the table. Evan Ingram is likely going to be a part of the best offense of these three. He was the tight end seven in points per game last year, and I do think it's definitely possible he sees some uh, improvement in the touchdown department. Then we've got David Njoku, who is a part of an offense that I think has a pretty decent shot of bouncing back. I think we did get a negative report yesterday about the uh, Browns offense in general. So maybe, you know, cooling off a little bit on that take. But I still think, you know, we look at the weapons on this offense, Deshaun Watson, I do think they're due for some sort of bounce back. And then he also had some really nice flashes in the 2020 season of both production and usage. So from weeks three through seven, if we remember before he injured his ankle, he was like on track to be a super consistent, impressive tight end. From weeks three through seven, he had 58 plus receiving yards in five straight games. And then in the last three games of the season, he had a 93% route participation or higher. So definitely someone who could carve out a pretty significant role in this offense. 
And then to wrap up this tier, we have Pat Fryermuth, who I think is probably like the highest floor, lowest ceiling option in this tier. Um, I think the Steelers are probably going to be the worst offense like of the three we have in this tier. Plus, we have Fryermuth lacking the elite athleticism that typically comes with like every top tier fantasy tight end. But he's put up solid production in his first two NFL seasons, and it is possible the Steelers and Kenny Pickett kind of take a leap here in 2023. Now, moving into tier five, we've got a five-man tier featuring Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Schultz, Tyler Higbee, Sam Laporta, and Greg Dulcich. So a decent mix of like veteran and uh, young options here. Dalton Kincaid is going to stay at the top of this tier, basically still holding out hope that he sees a significant role in the slot. Um, He played all six snaps with the Bills' first team in uh, their first preseason game. I know rookie tight ends don't have a great track record, but the ones who have kind of paid off or at least impressed as rookies, the two that come to mind are Kyle Pitts and uh, Evan Ingram. Those are both guys that were not used as like locked in inline tight ends. I think Kincaid has that kind of upside this season. So I will continue to throw darts at him. And honestly, in most of your leagues, you're probably not going to have to draft them. I think this is like the tight end 11. I don't think you're going to have to draft him that early. He'll probably slip in some leagues, especially like ESPN, um, Yahoo. You can probably get him later. Then we have Dalton Schultz, and I bumped him up a spot from last time. I was a little weary about his role with the Texans. Like, I didn't know if he'd be able to carve out a significant role with them. He had, you know, a nice run with the Cowboys for two years, but I didn't know if he was that level of tight end where he could just walk into a new situation on a bad offense and actually be super fantasy relevant. Like he could have just kind of sunken in to probably a bad passing attack. But the reports out of camp have been very positive. He appears to be one of their top weapons. Their wide receiver room is like all over the place. You've got some veterans, but then you've also got some, you know, young weapons who none of which really had like crazy draft capital or great prospects. So it's kind of just like a crapshoot on what's going to happen there. But Dalton Schultz is someone who is kind of proven at the NFL level. And if he is one of their top weapons, even if he is on a bad offense, like being one of the top weapons, especially with how thin the tight end position is for fantasy, can definitely make you very relevant at the position. Then I've got Tyler Higby. Um, keep referencing how well he commanded targets last year. Fourth in target share at the tight end position. Sixth in target rate. Um, the Rams have similarly bad wide receivers this year, once again, and then pretty much zero competition at the tight end position. So someone who I think could see a lot of volume again this year. And then we have Sam Laporta, and he looks like the current favorite to be the Lions week one starter at the tight end position. He's a really solid prospect. He had early round two draft capital, and the Lions at this point are just in need of weapons breaking out, um, especially without JMO early on in the season. I don't think Laporta has the versatility that a guy like Dalton Kincaid has. Like Kincaid is pretty much a wide receiver. I don't really think Laporta possesses that same skill set. So, you know, he might get hit with like the rookie tight end thing a little bit more, but I still think worth a shot at this point, right? It's like, do we want to throw these darts on these young options or do we want to throw these darts on some of these veterans who, you know, have had a lot of time to do stuff and just haven't? You know, I think you can kind of pick your poison there. And then wrapping up this tier with Greg Dulcich, It looks like it's possible that Sean Payton kind of screws Greg Dulcich in favor of Troutman, but I still think Dulcich is someone who can break out on this offense. I still think he's a very talented young player, so we'll see uh, what kind of role he's able to work out here. 
And then moving into the sixth and final tier, we've got Chigo Conquo, Cole Komet, Zach Ertz, Gerald Everett, and Irv Smith. So we saw Conquo see some really great efficiency in a pretty small sample size last year. He had the second highest target rate. Um, he was first in yards per route run um, and yards per reception, and then second in yards per target. Unfortunately, that was only on a 30% route participation. So the hope is that he becomes like a 60 plus percent route participation guy. And then you're hoping that efficiency stays up there. Obviously, I don't think you're expecting him to hold on to like, you know, top two in all those categories. So you're hoping he gets more volume. I'm not overly optimistic he does get that volume, but it is a possibility. Then we've got Cole Komet. And uh, if Komet can hold off Tanyan in that uh, tight end room and Justin Fields takes a leap, Komet definitely becomes very interesting for fantasy. He also flashed some touchdown upside last season, scored seven of the Bears' 19 receiving touchdowns. So obviously that could kind of just be a lucky season. But if he does continue to be involved in the red zone, then it does give him, you know, some week-to-week upside there. Once we're getting into like these fringe tight end ones, mid-tier tight end twos, a lot of their finishes are really just going to come down to touchdowns. Um, And then we've got Zach Ertz up next. And he is kind of a tough guy to rank because he has been a solid fantasy tight end over the past two seasons. And then obviously in his prime, he was a high-end tight end one, like one of those guys up there with Gronk, Kelsey, just consistently giving you top three production at the position. But he'll be turning 33 during the season and is coming off of an ACL tear. It looks like he should be ready week one. But I mean, right, he's getting up there in age and coming off of a major injury. I could see him, you know, kind of getting his way to a tight end one season, like a fringe tight end one season, but it is just very tough to see any upside at this point, especially when you have Trey McBride there, who should at least be eating into his opportunities a little bit since he's like the younger option, especially in a season where they're not going to be super competitive. You'd think they want that young guy to uh, get some reps. And then the last two guys in these rankings are just going to be Gerald Everett and Irv Smith. With these two, you're just kind of hoping they hit in the touchdown department on good offenses. Obviously, Gerald Everett with the Chargers, Irv Smith with the Bengals. Like when we're getting to this point with the tight ends, these are guys that you're just, you know, potentially streaming, maybe in a high scoring matchup. You want them to get into the end zone, but you're really never going to love starting these guys in your lineup. So that's going to wrap it up for my top 20 tight ends. How are we feeling about these rankings? If you did enjoy, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't uh, checked out my running back, wide receiver, or quarterback rankings, those are all up on my channel. And then I will have my top 60 overall rankings coming out today. And then I'll also have some super flex player rankings coming out probably tomorrow. So uh, stay tuned for all that. Thank you all for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.